to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey your word that I hear today in Yeshua's name. So today we're going to conclude our series entitled, He Turned My Morning Into Dancing. Uh, we're in the seventh and final uh, Haftarah Consolation as we swiftly approach Rosh Hashanah. And realize these, these aren't an accident because they really do point to redemption and salvation in Messiah. But before I get going, <laughs> thank you, Kathy. Kathy Kathy's going to come and she wants to share a brief testimony. So, here. It was 50 years ago during, oh, thank you. Uh, 50 years ago during Sukkot, which happened to be in the end of September, that uh, uh, I came to the Lord and uh, he took me out of religion and gave me a new life in him. And it's been 50 years, and if I can make it, you can make it. Amen. Amen. What a testimony. If, right? So praise God for Kathy. And she is still zealous for, you, for Yeshua 50 years later. And um, praise God. Thank you, Kathy. So... We're talking about turning our morning into dancing. And we were taking it from Tehillim verse 30 and uh, chapter 30 and verse 11. You turned my morning into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Amen? So that my well-being can praise you and not be silent. Adonai, my God, I will thank you forever. Amen. So... The Haftarah for this week, for the seventh and final Haftarah consolation, it comes from Yeshiahu Isaiah chapter 61, starting in verse 10, all the way through chapter 63 in verse 9. And it really opens with the resounding elation of God's people. God's people are elated because God is doing and bringing forth his promise of redemption and victory to his people, and it's being realized. Amen? How many of you know that there is victory for the righteous? That's what the scripture says. That's what the scripture promises. And that's what we believe. Not only are the people of God rejoicing, but God himself is rejoicing over his people. So this is really like a festival of joy, isn't it? That God's rejoicing, his people are rejoicing because they're filled with the realization of God's salvation and his redemption. Really, there is nothing better than that. That the God of the universe hears, that the God of the universe is concerned about the mourning and the despair of his people. So realize we're coming off the destruction of the temples, right, in Tisha B'Av to the high holy days. And God has been consoling his people, desirous to turn their mourning into dancing. And now we land here with a joyous celebration. God's people rejoicing in God and God rejoicing in his people. God is causing all that he has promised to come to pass. 
and his people are confident and expectant. Now, we've talked a lot about that over the weeks, right? That we have a role to play in the promises of God being fulfilled. So God is turning our mourning into dancing. Yes, God is accomplishing it ultimately through his power, but we have to receive it. We have to believe it, and we have to walk in it. Okay, and it's those actions of walking in it that prove we actually believe it. And there's something wonderful and spiritual and supernatural that takes place when we begin to walk out in faith what God has promised. Just a brief testimony. You know, I'll just say it real quick. Many of you have heard it a million times, so I don't want to bore you. <laughs> but if you haven't heard it, for, for many, 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 many years, we would have our annual business meeting and say, we need to build a, a new sanctuary. We need to build a new sanctuary. We need to build a new sanctuary. And everyone would say and conclude after the going back and forth, we can't afford a new sanctuary. And that was that. And every year, we, we need to build a new sanctuary. We need to build a new sanctuary. And we can't afford a new sanctuary. And that was that. Until one year, we said, you know what? We're, we are going to build a new sanctuary. And we started the process. And we, you know, started to look at purchasing things and developed into seeing an architect and developed into plans and developed into breaking ground and developed into taking down the facilities. And as we stepped out in faith, And that's not on us, that's on God. But God honors, right, as we believe what he has promised, begin to walk in what he has promised, begin to put our hands and feet behind what he's promised. And it says, yes, God, we believe you. And it's not without its ups and downs, and it's not without its challenges, and it's not without its doubts from time to time. But God, when we put our trust in him, is faithful. Amen? So the restored people of God here shall be called the holy people. And Zion sought out a city for not forsaken. Realize at this point, right, Jerusalem and the people of God are thinking they have been forsaken by God. And God's saying, no, you're not forsaken. You're not forgotten, but I have remembered. And this Haftorah is truly the epitome of God turning our mourning into dancing. Amen? So I want you to embrace that, receive that, believe that, and act on that reality. Because, like I said, there is a fine line between wishful thinking and faith, okay? Faith produces, amen? So let's read a little bit. I'm not gonna read the whole thing. It's a lot of verses, but I'm gonna read a little bit. I will greatly, verse 10, I will greatly rejoice. I will rejoice greatly in Adonai. My soul will be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. 
He has wrapped me in a robe of righteousness. Is that good news to anyone? Like a bridegroom wearing a priestly turban, like a bride adorning herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes things sown to spring up, so Adonai Elohim will cause justice and praise to spring up before all the nations. Then in chapter 62, we sang it today, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation as a blazing torch. Wow. Nations will see your righteousness and kings your glory. You will be called by a new name which Adonai's mouth will bestow. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of Adonai and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will you be termed forsaken. No longer your land deemed desolate. Instead, you will be called my delight is in her and your land married. For Adonai delights in you, and your land will be married. Behold, verse 11, Adonai has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. See, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Then they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of Adonai, and you will be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. Chapter 63, who is this coming from Edom in crimson garments from Bozrah? This one splendid in his apparel, pressing forward in his great might. Who might you think that is? It is I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. My year of redemption has come. I looked, but there was none to help me. I was amazed, but no one was assisting, so my own arm won victory for me. And it's really, other translations say salvation because it is the root word for Yeshua. My own arm brought salvation to me, which brings victory. So he became their savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. You have to know that about God. When you're afflicted, it pains his heart. God is with us in the difficult times. But his goal the whole time is to turn our mourning into dancing, to give us a revelation that he's real. You know, he doesn't always take us out of the fiery furnace, does he? Ask the Hebrew children. No, no, no. He let them go in to the furnace. But he was with them in the furnace. And he's with us in these times of affliction. That's why it says, right, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. 
So the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his mercy, he redeemed them. You hear that? In his love and in his mercy, he redeemed them. Then he lifted them and carried them all the days of old. Wow. So what is being said here? Well, number one is put your faith, your trust in God, our salvation. I will rejoice greatly in Adonai, my soul. Put your name in there. I will. Have you? Did you today? Rejoice greatly in Adonai, your salvation, right? Our salvation, our Yeshua Tenu, did we rejoice greatly in him? For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. You see, God's enduring care for Israel is proclaimed. In times past, he was their deliverer. In all their troubles, he was troubled. In his love and mercy, he himself redeemed them, raised them, and exalted them all the days of old. You know, if we ever wonder, is God faithful? And will God be faithful to me? All we have to do is look at Israel and say, God is a faithful and covenant-keeping God. Amen. You see, a renewal of God's beneficence is the theme of this Haftarah. God wants to show himself good to you because God is good. And he wants to show himself good And he is charging each and every one of us. And he wants us to be confident and expectant that what this word promises is true. Because without faith, it is, well, with faith, all things are possible. You see, you know, that's what the word of God basically does, doesn't it? I don't know about you. You can only testify about myself. I go into my private time of devotion, you know, maybe a little worn, a little beat up from, you know, interacting with life. And then I go and get into the word of God. And all of a sudden, I feel an invigoration in my spirit. I feel the discouragement breaking. I feel the shackles that want to keep me bound being released as the word of God and the promises of the word of God. Show me that God is with me in his power and it builds faith in my heart. And even though when I walk out of my times of devotion, in the natural, nothing has changed. But in my heart, everything has changed. And I know we want it to change before we'll receive God's encouragement. Don't do it. Receive God's encouragement. So many times I could wrestle with God and say, God, but nothing has changed. But he says, no, something has changed. And I've been trying for an hour to show you that something has changed. 
Something has changed in me. And something has changed in you. See, we're not those that have to walk by what we see only. But we walk by faith, not by sight. God has promised, and I believe it. For those who have already experienced salvation through the born anew experience, there is an entering into the fullness of salvation, which includes liberty, deliverance, and victory. You know what? You could be a believer for many, many years. Now, I could say this because I know Kathy lives in victory. 50 years. But you could walk with the Lord 50 years and not live in victory. God loves you. He redeemed you, saved you. You're heaven bound. But you don't live in victory. And while it really is good news that you're heaven bound and redeemed and ultimately eternity is a long time, so, you know, you're going to win. It is a shame, though, that we would spend whatever we have here, 70, 80, 90, 120 years here on this earth, miserable, discouraged, depressed, downtrodden. That would be a real, real shame because the Messiah did not shed his blood just for eternity. Okay, eternity starts now. I placed eternity in the hearts of men. We get this theme of salvation both from the beginning of the chapter when it says, remember the beginning of chapter 61, the Ruach of Adonai Elohim is on me. Right? This is the promise that's coming through the Messiah. We know the Messiah read that scripture verse, right? In the synagogue, saying that salvation today that's fulfilled in your hearing, salvation has come to you, my people. And the fullness of what salvation means deliverance and freedom and victory and joy that's come to you, my people. Oh, and I could hear the critics saying, but Rabbi Michael, you don't know what I'm going through. I can't have joy. No, you can have joy. Do you know the martyrs of the Kehillah? Down through the ages would be burned alive singing songs of praise. Friend, you can't do that <laughs> in your own strength. That could only happen if you have been filled with the Spirit of God. You can't make that up in that hour, can you? That has to be something that's real. God's promise to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Let me ask you a question. I hope today you are an oak of righteousness. I hope you are filled with the joy of God. 
Listen, I get it. We have times where there's a little ebb and flow. There's a times where the enemy comes against. But listen, we need to get our bearings in God. You know, I have to tell you, we're not alone in this. God is our salvation. And there is innumerable believers that have gone before us. It says the great cloud of witnesses awaiting that day where even the earth and the heavens will be redeemed, right? There'll be a new heavens and a new earth. Tikkun olam will be realized. Look what it goes on to say. Instead of your shame, double portion. Instead of disgrace, they will sing for joy. Commenting on verse 10, the Peskita de Rav Kahana, which is just part of the Midrashim, says this. Look what it says. The words, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, Isaiah 61.10, refer to the seven garments which, according to Scripture, the Holy One will have put on successfully or successively from the time the world was created until the time he requites wicked Edom. The splendor of the garment he puts on the Messiah. And it will stream forth from world's end to world's end, as implied by the words, as a bridegroom puts on a priestly diadem. Israel will live in his radiance and say, Blessed is the wound from whom he, the Messiah, came. So even in Jewish writing, they attribute this verse as speaking about the coming of Mashiach. Blessed is the generation whose eyes behold him. Blessed is the eye which has been given the privilege of seeing him whose lips open with blessing and peace whose diction is pure delight, whose garments are glory and majesty. Think of the transfiguration on the mount. Who is confident and serene in his speech, the utterance of whose tongue is pardon and forgiveness. Think of the woman caught in adultery. Whose prayer is a sweet savor, whose supplication during his study of Torah is purity and holiness. Here's the thing. As we've been trying to communicate to you for the past several weeks, these tremendous promises and realities happen with you, not to you. They happen with you. See, we all falsely expect God to just do it all. And when Yeshua hung on the tree, he said, it is finished. What else could he possibly do? It's up to us to be co-laborers with him, to believe and walk in the promises he's given, to walk and live in the joy of the Lord that is our strength, 
And you need to start, here's, this is for someone in this place today, you need to start believing the word of God. Yes, believing the word of God over your situation, believing the word of God over how you feel. Believe the word of God. Trust me, when you begin to believe the word of God, things will change. In other words, they happen as you believe them, receive them, and act upon them and consider them. The point is we must understand that we have to walk in these realities, stand on these promises, Resist Hasatan when he lies to us, which is, by the way, continually. Anyone been lied to this week, by the way, from the voice of the enemy? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, constantly spewing his lies. But yet we've been given the gift of the truth. We have to praise God. When's the last time you really praised God in your home? A little entertainment there. When's the last time you praise God in your home? We need to praise God. We need to speak the truth of Scripture over our lives. When's the last time you did that? What do you just agree with Hasatan? What do you speak over your children, your house, your home, your mind, your person? You just come into agreement with Gehenom and just say, oh, that's just the way it is? Or do you say, the word of God says this? That's what Yeshua said. Yeshua said, it is, Hasatan, I see what you're trying to do to twist and lie, but it is written. And he spoke the word of God. And in all those instances, when he does that, the enemy left, didn't he? When's the last time you did that? I oh, know, we're, we're, we're tough. <laughs> God's people are tough. They can take a beating. God's people can take a beating, an absolute pummeling. Oh, yeah. And they just take it and take it and take it and toss to and fro and beat and lie to and drag themselves in every Shabbat. That ain't no fun. More fun to win. I told you, you know, you know that I'm a horrible golfer, right? And my father, when he was alive, God rest his soul, My father always wanted to get me a golf with him. All right, Dad, I'll go. And let me tell you, that's a long day for me to go golfing. Because, you know, 9,000 yards in a course would be fine. But because I'm so bad, I would turn 9,000 into 27,000. To go back and forth and back and forth and chasing balls all over the world. Where in the world is Rabbi Michael, right? <laughs> We're trying to find him. And it caused me not to want to go because it's no fun to play when you're terrible. But when you're even decent, it could be fun. It's fun to go out there and hit the ball and it actually goes where you want it to go and it lands in the little cup. 
In other words, I'm saying it's fun to win, to find success. Well, God has given us a prescription how we can find success in him. And it's putting these principles into practice in our lives. Because they produce change. You see, it's then and only then will they be fully actualized. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 says, I always thank my God for you because of God's grace that was given to you in Messiah Yeshua. For in him, hear this, friend. I don't know where you're looking to get consolation. But God has been telling us for six weeks, consolation is found in me and the salvation slash victory slash deliverance that I bring. And so here, the Shalika is telling us, I always thank my God for you because of God's grace that was given to you in Messiah Yeshua, for in him you were made rich in every way. In all speaking and all knowledge, just as the evidence of Messiah was confirmed among you, so you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the revealing of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. He will also strengthen you until the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship of his son, Yeshua, the Messiah, our Lord. In him, you were made rich in every way. Do you feel rich? I know, even if you're shaking your head and you don't believe it, that's fine. Because the truth is, you are rich. And you might not even be able to fully comprehend it, nor I, now. But when we see, when our eyes, when our faith gives way to sight, we're going to say, holy cow. <laughs> the Shiliach Yochanan, when he saw the risen Mashiach, fell like a dead man. Unbelievable. That's what each one of us have been given. He lives in us through the Ruach. That is the salvation that God has brought us, has brought you, has promised to our Jewish people in this season during Rosh Hashanah that he wants to reveal this reality to our Jewish brethren, that they would understand that Mashiach has come, that his name is Yeshua, that there is salvation in no other name, and they could experience the joy of the Lord Secondly, God's promises are a sure thing. So let's reflect on a promise kept. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation is a blazing torch. Nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. Did that happen? Do the nations call upon the name of Yeshua HaMashiach? 
Yes, they are. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of Adonai, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will you be turned forsaken. No longer your land desolate. Is Israel desolate? You see, there's a twofold promise being spoken here. Remember, foretelling, foretelling, right? That this promise is to Jewish people. This promise is to Israel to the people of God, to the physical land of Israel. But it's also to all people who put their faith, God's people who put their faith in the God of Israel. Have you ever felt forsaken of God? Ever feel desolate, barren? I'm sure you have. But look what it says. Instead, you will be called, my delight is in her, in your land married, for Adonai delights in you. Close your eyes. Adonai delights in you. Adonai delights in you. I don't know about you, but I need to hear that. I don't know delights in you. And it's not because of anything you do. It's because who he is. What he's brought us in Messiah. We are now the righteousness of God in Yeshua. And God delights in us. And it goes on to say, and he will rejoice over you. Then in verse 6, on your walls, Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all day and all night. They will never hold their peace. You see, we need to remember, why do we often talk about reaching out and outreach and talking to our Jewish brethren and talking to your neighbors because God wants to increase the size of his family. God made a promise that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God wants everyone to call upon his name. God wants to bring this great gift of salvation to everyone, and we have a part to play in it. We have to tell our Jewish brethren. We have to tell our neighbors, the people from the nations, what God has promised. And in verse 7, he says, And give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. How fitting is this season as the high holy days approach and we enter into the Amim Hanorim, the days of awe, right? We come into the Yom Teruah, the day of the sounding of the shofar, which again is tied to the Akidah, which we'll talk about during our 
Rosh Hashanah services, which is tied to salvation and deliverance, right? All the way up to Yom Kippur, where God wants to bring atonement and freedom and inscribe us in the Sefer Hachai, the Book of Life. But not just for a year, but for eternity. God is trying to tell us that he kept his promise. What should our posture be in all of this? Well, concerning our Jewish brethren, we need to serve as watchmen. We need to pray. We need to not be silent and day and night cry out to God for the salvation. What did we, we just read it right during our Torah service. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. It's the same shaliach that goes on to say, which these words, I don't know if I could utter. I don't know if I had the faith to utter what he uttered, that I myself would be accursed of God and cut off from him for the sake of my people. Friend, that tells you all you need to know about Rob Shaul's dedication to the Jewish people, that he wished that he himself would be cut off and separated for God, from God for the sake of B'nai Yisrael. I don't know anyone who, who's praying that. I've never heard that prayer in a prayer meeting. I have to be honest. I've never heard that prayer. I've never heard anyone pray it except reading what Rav Shaul said. And you know what? He lived his life as if that was true. It's a good time to pray for the salvation of your loved ones because they need to be saved from the ravages of sin and its deceptiveness. Because God wants to show you, I've kept that promise too. You and your household shall be saved. But he does it with our help. Do you pray for your loved ones, for your family? Do you cry out day and night? Do you say, God, have mercy on them? God, would you move? Would you open their eyes to see what they can't see? God, would you touch their hearts that have been hardened by sin's deceitfulness? God, would you remove the blinders from their eyes that keep them apart from you? Do you pray that every day? Say, God, have mercy on my loved ones, on my family, on my children on my cousins, my sisters, God, would you pour out your grace and your mercy like you did on me? God, would you continue to hound them like you went after me year after year after year after year until I said yes to Yeshua? Pray that God would reach them with his great love. Pray that conviction of sin would grip their heart and they would be granted repentance unto life. Friend, because salvation, of which this passage speaks about readying us for God's ultimate salvation through Yeshua, Akidah, we'll tie that together to our services. What is he saving us from? 
Well, if you don't have, if, if sin isn't a thing, which it doesn't seem to be a thing in our world, like the world lives like there's no such thing as sin. You could do whatever you want, be whatever you want, think however you want, and it's all good. But it's funny that the Word of God doesn't say that. The Word of God says, no, there are erroneous ways of thinking and believing and thinking, and they end in separation from me, the living God. That's what it says. But it also says he's full of mercy. And his desire is that none would perish and all would come to repentance. The very fact that we serve a God who brings salvation should make us alert to the fact that we're being saved from sin, which it says over and over and over and over again. Don't believe the world who wants to tell you that there's no such thing as sin. ain't true because if that is not true it says Yeshua died for our sins so if there's no such thing as sin then he just wasted his time look what it says in the word you that's you and that's me were dead in your trespasses and sins that's what the word says at that time, you walked in the way of this world in conformity to the ruler of the domain of the air, the ruler of the spirit who is now operating in the sons of disobedience. Disobedient to what? To God's word. We too all lived among them in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind. By nature, we were children of wrath. That's what the word says. Just like the others. But God was rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Messiah. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Messiah Yeshua. To show in the Olam Haba, the world to come, the measureless richness of his grace in kindness toward us in Messiah. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's not by your good works, your good deeds. It is a gift, or the gift of God. It is not based on deeds so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Messiah Yeshua for good deeds, which God prepared before him so that we might walk in them. Then Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You see, we have heard basically, and we live in an environment in the world of like a sinless gospel message. It's just a feel-good message. 
be crystal clear. He saves us from our sins. My sin? I'm not righteous. And from your sins. And that's why we need him. He promised it, and he delivered on his promise. Isn't that good news? That's so awesome. And should we want others? See, this is what we do. That's how we came to faith. That's how we experienced salvation. Now when we go to tell others, we want to leave out the main thing. We don't want to tell them that there's a sin problem. The reason why you, the reason I felt crummy for a lot of years was because of my sin that led me down a path of destruction. And it wasn't until I received Yeshua, repented of my sin, and turned from my way, the ways of the world, to God's way, did my life turn around. Then and only then was that promise realized in my life. And God could sit in heaven knowing full well that he kept his promise of salvation. So as we consider what God is saying to us in these haftarot of consolations and him turning our mourning into dancing, because there's nothing that'll turn your mourning into dancing than understanding what we have in him. I want to tell you, I could be discouraged and so discouraged over some issue, and then the Lord will show me what he has done for me. And all of a sudden, I'm not so discouraged anymore. And I'm going to give you this last point, and it's a good one. And it's this, there is victory in Yeshua. There's victory in Yeshua. Not in your spouse, not in your children, not in your job, not in your bank account, not in the car you drive. There's victory in Yeshua. And so many people who call themselves believers in the living God spend so little time in Yeshua. And they spend the majority of their time in the world getting beat up, tossed to and fro, and they don't realize this victory that is theirs in him. Who is this coming from Edom in crimson garments from Bozrah? This one splendid in his apparel, pressing forward in his great might. It is I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel so red and your garments like one who treads in a winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone from the peoples. No man was with me. I trod them in my anger and trampled them in my wrath. Their lifeblood spattered my garments, so I stained all my robes. For a day of vengeance was in my heart, and my year of redemption has come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was amazed, but no one was assisting, so my own arm won victory for me. And my wrath upheld me. 
So I trod down the peoples in my anger and made them drunk in my wrath, and I poured out their lifeblood on the earth. So who is this figure the prophet is speaking about? Is it just me, or does it sound like Yeshua? But, you know, but Rabbi, you know, the Jewish people wouldn't say that that's speaking of, you, of the Messiah, would they? Well, the Midrashim say this. When the Messiah appears, God will put on the sixth garment. He will be clothed in righteousness. As is said, he put on righteousness as a coat of mail and a helmet of salvation upon his head, quoting Isaiah 63.2. When he requites Edom, he will put on the seventh garment. He will put on red apparel. As it is said, why is your apparel red? And then commenting on verse 4, the Midrashim say, Make us glad according to the days which you have afflicted us, according to the days that you did afflict us in Babylon, in Media, in Greece, in Edom. In a different exposition, the verses read, Make us glad according to the days of Messiah. And how long is the day of Messiah? The rabbi said, 4,000 years, as it is said, and the time of my acts of redemption is come. So what's being said here is that these verses do, in fact, refer to the time of the Messiah. We know that the Messiah Yeshua did come to bring final atonement to those who trust in him. And he is coming again at the end of the age to usher in salvation and the kingdom of God to earth. In both instances, there is victory. There is victory in Yeshua. Look what it says in Revelation 19. You see, it is in Yeshua that we must put all of our trust and faith in order for that victory to fully manifest in our life. You know what? There's some people that they live their lives like this. You know them, right? You've seen believers, they're kind of half in and half out, right? They're kind of in the kingdom, but they're kind of out of the kingdom. And you know as well as I do, those people never really walk in victory. They're always tossed to and fro. They're always distraught. They're always under it. But that's not God's plan for us. Because look what it says in Revelation 19, 11. Because we just read that passage from Yeshayahu 63. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. The one riding on it is called Faithful and True. And he judges and makes war in righteousness. Right? We just talked a lot about righteousness in this text. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and many royal crowns are on his head. And he has a name written that no one knows except himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name which he is called is the word of God. And the word of God became flesh and dwelt among them. For what purpose? To redeem them from their sins. There are many things trying to tell you and offer you deliverance and salvation and victory. I want to point you to one thing. 
there is victory and salvation and deliverance in Yeshua alone. God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God. The sooner we get that into our kishkas, the sooner we hang on to him with dear life. Because I'll tell you what, there's nothing like God. You know, we get all these crazy things about God that he doesn't care for us, but I tell you what, every single time I've called out to God, to Yeshua in my despair. He's always come through. He's always come through. You see, this text speaks of the complete and utter victory that is found in the person of Messiah Yeshua. Put your faith and trust completely in him and your mourning will be turned into dancing. Oh, it will turn into dancing. And I'll tell you, there may be nothing that changes, but your mourning will be turned into dancing. Joy doesn't come from our situations, doesn't come from our possessions. It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I want to give you a few verses that just speak to what we have in Messiah and we're going to close. But in Corinthians 15, 57, it says, but thanks be to God who keeps giving us the victory through our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. He keeps giving us the victory. Victory to victory to victory. Romans 8, 37, but in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be to God who in Messiah always leads us in triumphal procession and through us reveals everywhere the aroma of the knowledge of himself. Devarim 20 and 4, for Adonai, your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Messiah who strengthens me. Romans 8.31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? For God said, surely they are my people, children, who will not deal falsely. So he became their savior. You know, we approach now Rosh Hashanah and the high holy days. We've talked about for now seven weeks, God turning our mourning into dancing. I think of the Shaliachim standing before the Sanhedrin. In the house of judgment before the leaders of Israel, they were beaten and told never to speak again in that name. And they, what was their response to that? Were they like, oh my gosh, I made the wrong decision. My gosh, what did I do? I, I guess I blew it. No, they were elated that they got to suffer for Yeshua because they knew that they could beat my body, 
but they can't take what's in my soul. Because there is joy inexpressible and full of glory in my soul because God works salvation in me. Friend, you want to go to your happy place? It's not at McDonald's. It's in Yeshua. It's not a matzo ball soup, although that's tempting. It's in Yeshua. We see every week, Yeshua is the way of salvation. Amen? Guys, stand to your feet. I'm going to bless you, but I, I really need you to take a second and purpose in your heart. Some of you guys need, to, need a paradigm shift in the way you live your life. You live your life just flooded and harassed and harangued by the evil one. You speak wrong things over your life. You believe things, wrong things about yourself. God wants you to agree with him. God wants you to, is that too hard to ask? Is that too much to ask? God is saying that you would agree with me, what I said, my truth. God wants you to stop agreeing with the world and is asking you to agree with him. When we do that, our lives, our mourning, our despair will be turned into exuberant joy. Amen? So take a second. Father, bow your heart and just talk to the Lord. You know where you're at. You know what's going on in your life. You know how you're living your life. You know what you're believing, what you're saying, what you're doing. You know if your actions line up with your faith or they don't. And God is asking you to do the things that are consistent with people who believe. That's it. He's asking you to do the things that are consistent with his word. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for each one here in this room. Lord, it's not just a nice verse, something to temporarily encourage us to think that you've turned or desire to turn my mourning into dancing. God, it's a reality that you, through Yeshua the Messiah, and through our faith in him, have turned our mourning into dancing, have filled us with joy inexpressible and full of glory. God, that you do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or imagine. And God, that you have made us, all of us here, all who believe, to be more than conquerors in Yeshua. So Father, I pray, God, that you would grant each and every one of us a revelation of these realities. Abba, that you would give us the strength and the courage to agree with your word. Lord, especially when it conflicts against what the world tells us. And Lord, you would help us and give us the courage and strength to believe you over anything or anyone else. And I ask it, Lord, help, Lord, each one of your beloved people, Lord, each one, each household, Help each of us to do it and live it out in Yeshua's name.
stretch forth your hand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Father, you have put your name on your people. Father, I pray that they would walk consistent with that name. God, they are, Lord, made to be kings and priests for your glory and for your purposes. Help each one, I pray. Hashem Yeshua. Amen. God bless you. Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you tomorrow night.